Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to push record again. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Fernanda. This is Hanging on Sunset, but today it's going to be a little different. Yes. Hello, everyone. I am... Well, my name is Brinley Rather. <laughs> uh, I've been on the podcast before, so you may or may not recognize my voice. It's fucking great to be back. Um, we've got a holiday special for you guys where I'm going to be interviewing Fernanda and then there's going to be another, well, part two, if you will, where Vincent will be interviewed. So I'm super fucking excited and I'm super excited for you guys to get to know these incredible people a bit more. So... Thank you. That's so sweet. And by the way, I was never interviewed before, I believe. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be great. You're, it's going to be so good. I never realized that, guys. It's it's a tough spot to be in your guys' spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's different. I mean, it's always, it's the, the start is always a little bit much, but then you kind of forget you're doing it. And um, you know what? In true Hanging on Sunset, fashion let's just dive in to the question of the century fernanda (laughs) what have you done to save rock and roll Mm, well let's talk about it (laughs) no god no let's not talk about it Um, what have i done or what did i do to save rock and roll um that's a really tough question i feel like I always make a lot of my guests um, uncomfortable about this question, especially when they are they don't. Some of you guys know we are like are aware of the question coming, but it's really fun when they don't know this question's coming. Yeah, it's a heavy question. <laughs> it's <laughs> like very fun. heavy, uh, but actually, it shouldn't be that complicated answer for me. I mean, I love rock and roll more than anything in my life. It's been my fucking religion since i was born pretty much (laughs) so i feel like when me and vincent came up with this idea during quarantine because we were just both like bored at home discussing the state of rock and we're like what can we do what can we do like we're just like tired of people saying that rock and roll is dead i was like we gotta do something about it and then he came up with the idea of the podcast so i i believe that hanging on sunset is saving rock and roll because it's just we've been meeting the most incredible people it's like you are one of them really <laughs> thank you and ser- seriously and it's just makes me so happy to watch our community grow and i feel like oh my favorite people they all know each other now and we we just keep on growing and I'm very excited for next year because unfortunately our event that was going to happen last Friday was canceled due to COVID. We had to postpone to January, but next year, hopefully the COVID thing is going to be on our side Yeah, (laughs) and we'll be able to make all our plans to come through. We can't wait. We're going to have a lot of events. We want to do house parties. We want to do warehouse shows and just connect and give the space that rock and alternative music deserves. Hell 
Yeah, and I think you guys are doing a wonderful, wonderful job at um, building a community here and, you know, having all the bands get to know each other more and support each other and the come up and all that stuff. Um, but similarly, yeah, and of course, <laughs> but, you know, similarly to that question, how do you feel when people say rock is dead? I get real mad, my first reaction. <laughs> I get mad. And I, I keep asking myself all the time, I just feel like social media is also a big part of that. Um, so when people say rock is dead, I feel like it's not dead. It's never been dead. But like I said, I don't think it has been given the space it deserves. Like like uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I was lucky to grow, grow up in front of MTV. And rock was so mainstream. Like the rock bands will, t- will take over everything. They'll always be like in the radios, like viewer, like every, everywhere. But I feel like even if you check on billboard charts like nowadays there are no bands and it's really sad and i've been the podcast is what vincent and i even talk about all the time we've been finding out through the podcast and through the people we've been meeting that rock is not that it's fucking alive and there's so many musicians and talented people that contributes for that and i just feel like it got lost somewhere and we just have to like you said, be a community and put ourselves out there. And I feel like even the kids today, that is, I know it works in a very different way and it's more competitive with the social media, all the streaming platforms. But also I feel like some kids, they don't even, they don't even know like what's the real deal, you know? And I feel like the podcast is one of the things, one of the public that we want to target because we cannot keep living out of nostalgia and it's just it just makes me sad there has no fucking space for rock today but i i feel like i've been like witnessing a few changes and it makes me happy i feel like it is having a comeback now and it's gonna come back to the spotlight hopefully yeah for sure and one of the keywords that you said you know nostalgia that's definitely a word I associate with rock and roll, or at least the rock and roll I know and love. There's such a nostalgic aspect to it, and I think that kind of contributes a little bit to why people think it's, you know, over, because, you know, nostalgia, you're reminiscing on the, the good old days or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's not present, I guess. But I feel like even you, you were like a proof. Like you were like a true fucking proof that oh. rock and roll was not dead. Like what, I was just so excited when I meet you. And I feel like I've been many other musicians like you too. Like they're like very like young and like it's been just diving into rock and listen to Led Zeppelin's Is It Top <laughs> and all the good old stuff. But I feel like there's nothing wrong if that stuff is inspiring you, you know? Because I feel like we do need like a new Led Zeppelin, but yeah. we don't need a band exactly that sounds like Led Zeppelin. Like, you know, like, yeah. but we need something like that in your own like creative, like risky way. And I feel like it's coming. It's coming. For sure. I mean, when, you know, when you say we don't need another band that sounds, ex- we need another like Led Zeppelin kind of like that type of band with that 
prominence and you know all that type of shit but doesn't sound like Led Zeppelin I think this is where a lot of problems in the community happens because you know we all know and understand there will never be another Led Zeppelin or anything fucking near it so we we should if we can move away from you know heavily comparing or trying to do the whole oh, well, there will never be any music as good as the music from back in the day, so why even fucking bother? Like, that's the attitude that I think yeah, That's kind of killing, actually, the, the vibe. And, and yeah. that was that. Even, like, when I talked to my dad, because I was like, my dad loves Quinn as one of his favorite bands. And every time I tell him about the podcast, he goes like, oh, there's never going to be a band like Queen. Like, yeah. there's never going to be, you know, like Freddie Mercury or, like, Led Zeppelin or whatever. And that makes me sad when people think like that, because I never thought that way. But now that you put that out, you're so right. Because bands today, they think, like, they are, like, icons, and they're not going to be any other icons like them. Like, that's so true. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's just setting... It's just setting the whole genre up for failure. If we're just keeping it in that nostalgia, the, you know, the past is the past. You know, this isn't ever going to be what it was. Like, glory days kind of fucking thing. If if we can't get our fucking shit together and change our mindset a little bit and be a little optimistic, you know. Um, because obviously with these rock bands or these new bands sorry if anyone hears anything i have my dog nearby (laughs) um but (laughs) anyway if if people keep trying to put these new bands in these boxes there's no way that rock and roll is going to become mainstream again to any degree because no one wants to no one wants to see them shine because they think that they're just a shitty version of what was you know great in the past and yeah and also it's not no you're, you're so right and and i now that i realized that like i realized that like extremely true um they have to stop comparing like when you go see a live band like don't compare them to anyone else like let stop and listen like pay attention to the message like yeah. don't like complain oh like because i feel like we did that a lot too i did a lot too when i go see a new band or find out about a new guest oh it sounds just like the strokes yeah. oh it sounds like the national pumpkins we should actually it's cool like that they those bands influenced you but i feel like we have to be confident and like try to capture like their honest sense like they are not those bands and i just feel like we should be paying attention more of the new message they're trying to pass to us 100 percent. and i think with that i mean every all music is inspired by other music like it's inevitable to not sound to some degree like something pre-existing yeah, i mean totally Again, like how many song, how many Led Zeppelin songs that sounded, you know, questionably similar to some other know. blues totally. song. <laughs> and I just realized that I did that a lot too. So in, when you go see a new band, even just classic rock, for example, instead you're looking at them like, oh, they sound just like Led Zeppelin. We should look at them like, oh, they were inspired by Led Zeppelin. Let's see what they created towards that you know that should be like a new way to build stuff instead of comparing yeah yeah exactly um you know i and i know you were talking about your dad and like growing up with mtv and all that stuff so i want to we already like dove straight in but i kind of want to backpedal to the beginning the beginning beginning you know 
So (laughs) tell us, like, you know, a little bit where you're from, a little bit about your relationship with music growing up and, you know, all the shit like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. It's (laughs) going to be a trip, guys. Be ready. Strap in, everybody. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try to see how much I remember from everything. Well, I mean, I feel like I always loved music um, and I feel like I own that to my parents because I got to know, especially I would say classic rock and my mom loved the 80s, like the police, um, Super Tramp, um, Dire Straits, U2, that was a big one for my mom too. My dad was more like Quinn, Pink Floyd and the Eagles. So I grew up that all those like that kind of music around me which i'm so blast and yeah grateful. holy fuck <laughs> yeah my parents were awesome for that um but i always when i try to go back i feel like my youngest memory of liking a song like i was obsessed with it will it was um what's up by four known blondes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because, um, i remember like very little probably I don't know like I don't I don't remember on top of my head right now when that song was released but I was probably like not older than five or six maybe or even younger but I remember listening in the car with my dad and I will sing with him because we'll love to sing the the chorus together and I don't know I feel like that that's my earliest memory probably um and right after that like my 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 dad would always like listen to like really good music when he would drive me to school and then when i was probably nine i'd say eight or nine oh even before that i kept a little bit i actually it was always crazy about music it's insane to think about it but um when i was like six seven i started listening to the spice girls yeah oh yeah I feel like if you were like a 90s kid, you definitely, will, I was listening to Spice Girls. Cause of course, like at six, I wasn't listening to like Alice in Chains. Yet, you know? <laughs> Imagine. I know it was like Nirvana, Alice in Chains and like Soundgarden, but I was like a normal kid. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't to like all that depressed kind of music shit yet. <laughs> And so I, I don't know. I don't even remember how I find out about the Spice Girls. That's actually a very good question. But I feel like all my friends in school also like the Spice Girls. We'll like dance and like I would know all the songs and stuff. Like I had like folders and posters. And always when my when the kids in school like would take like they have like that day they have you can bring a toy to school. Yeah, yeah. Show and tell. I would always, <laughs> Yeah, what is it called? Show and tell, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. I would always bring a CD. Oh, that's so I'll cool. bring a CD. Yeah, like even I, I still have all my CDs from the 90s and 2000s with me here in California, actually. And my Spice Girls CDs, it has my name on it. Aww. Because, you know, like when you were a kid, your parents put name on everything. So that's really funny. And then I got all my friends to like them and we were like, do dances. And in 1998, <laughs> I was like nine. Um, Jerry held, had 
Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> my computer. Brinley is in Florida and I'm in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. We're going for- to make, make it work. It was my messages. <laughs> so back to the Spice Girls. Um, I never forget this day. I was so sad. So I was, it was March 1998. Wow. And, and I was, I know. <laughs> I don't know how, how much psycho. How do I remember that? I was like, what, eight or nine? And so I was in the kitchen with my mom watching TV and like, you know, when the news comes on the TV and they say like that Jerry Halliwell like left the Spice Girls and I start crying in my kitchen. <laughs> I was legit crying so much and so sad and my mom was trying like, to make me feel better. Oh my God, the Spice Girls are over. I was so sad. So anyways, I got a little rebel, I guess, because I was so like disappointed. And then one day I was watching MTV and I saw the video Other Side by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And because that was right, uh, that was a little bit after that because they, re- I think they released Californication 1999. And so I was like nine or 10 and I saw Other Side on MTV and I was just hypnotized. I don't know how to explain. Um, that's how my obsession with the Red Hot Chili Peppers started. <laughs> but like, I was just looking at the like beautiful man singing that song that I, I didn't even, I mean, I was a kid and like, I didn't even know the meaning of the lyrics, but then that's what I did. Like I, cause we used to go like on a computer and I used to print the lyrics. Oh wow. And I start translating to Portuguese with my dictionary because we didn't have that many technology like on, on in access that time. So I start like I had this folder. I actually I still have my Red Hot Chili Peppers folder <laughs> in my room <laughs> so that cool. I did when I was like nine. And then I start translating the songs. And then when I was like looking at the meaning of other side, and I feel like that was weird because like my friends were playing like with dolls, and I was like translating I don't like lyrics like holy shit. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care about dolls. Like I wanted to like yeah, it was so funny. So I start translating that. And then I was just like, wow, that's exactly, and it's such a dip song. Like, I was like, that's exactly what I feel when I listen to this song. And then I start digging more and more um, to other bands and like to the Rouch Peppers, California album, the old albums. And I was just so fascinated about it. And a lot of the songs that I grew up listening, like I said, even back to the Eagles, my dad loved the Eagles, like Hotel California, it would be like on repeat all the time. My mom, like like mamas and papas, like California wow. dreaming even. And I was just, I was just like fascinated. I was like, wow, like why a lot of songs talk about California? Like that must be like a fucking magical place. So since that, early age i knew it that i wanted to live in california okay 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 holy fuck no you're good no no i have so many questions i'm so interested okay um first thing i want to clear well i want you to clarify is where you grew up like location where because you're not from la of course no, I grew up in Brazil. Um, this, I mean, I tell people that I'm from Sao Paulo because it's easier, but I was in Sao Paulo state, not far from city, but state. So I was born 
it's not small a small i tell like it's like i was from the valley like suburb of sao paulo right and i i was born in this city that's called São Bernardo Campo. <laughs> right of course <laughs> yeah. so that's where i'm from and um i don't know like what else do you want to know like it was just it's it's boring it's not fun it's not like because people are like oh my god you're from brazil yeah brazil is really cool and has beautiful places beautiful like paradise like beaches and stuff but i wasn't born there i was like born in the city like concrete fucking jungle it's not fun and nothing pretty over there well i so okay so city life and i know you're talking about well we've obviously talked a lot about your relationship with MTV and stuff. And so is there a specific moment you can pinpoint of like, I mean, I know you're just talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers and other side, but is there a moment, you know, how did MTV become such a regular thing in your life? Was it just always on or like, you know, how'd you find out about it? That's a good question. I don't know. I I was just, I just loved music videos. I don't know. I always thought... It was like the coolest thing ever. I just, I was pa- I, so passionate about watching music videos. That's what I used to do, watch music videos all day. I don't know. I just always like the story behind and I would like be picturing like how they do that video, you know, like wow. some videos like from the 80s or so you can, you watch a music video from the 80s, you know, it's from the 80s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I just... I can't explain. I guess it was just music always hit my heart. Like, and, and then I was obsessed with MTV. So the day that my dad, because at that time it was really hard to have a beginning MTV on your TV and you had to pay or something. But the moment that my dad was able to get me MTV, I was like the happiest kid in the world. Like I will get up at 6 a.m. 6, 6 to get ready for school watching like, just to see MTV classics. Like I remember like November Rain, Stones of Pilots, Plush, and like Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. That was yeah. a big one for me. I don't know why I was obsessed with that music video. Um, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, I gave it away. And I don't, I really don't know. And, I, and then I, I still love the VJs. And then they had a show at 6 p.m. that was called Disc. MTV, so you could actually call and vote for the music video that you wanted to see it. Like you call yeah. your landline, <laughs> and I, that was like my favorite thing in the world to wait until it was six p.m. so I could watch this MTV. And I love the VJ. We actually, I follow her on Instagram, and every time I post something <laughs> about her, she always reposts, which is very sweet because she was like my idol. She's wow. still my because she does like radio and podcast now. And she's been like such an inspiration. Um, uh, and yeah. That would be a crazy, crazy guest to have on the podcast. Let's make that happen. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about asking her because obviously she speaks English and everything. She used to interview like every single big artist you can imagine on on MTV and today. So I, I, I thought about it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because be- she's been like my inspiration. Her name is um, Sarah Oliveira. Okay. Like Sara Oliveira in Portuguese. I'll have to I'll have to look her up, but that that'd be such a full circle moment. I'd love to I'd love to uh, hear that and see what you guys um, end up talking about. But yeah. um, so you've mentioned quite a few of your 
the bands that you'd watch growing up. So who would you say your favorite bands were then versus now? Mm, I feel like I when people ask me that, it's always hard for me to pick one band. I feel like there's like some like. newer stuff that I got into it later on. Like for example, I consider even The Kills one of my favorite bands. I love Alice in Moss Heart yes. and James Hans. I think they're amazing. Um and people should be listening more to them. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I mention the kills and people go, the killers? Like, no. The killers. <laughs> <laughs> I do their research. They are so badass. And they should be, I feel like they should be mainstream, honestly, because they're just too good. But maybe it's a cool thing they're not, you know? For like, sure. they're not people that like them that we always connect so well. It's so funny. And, but like back then, I would say there was, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I always say that because that's how I got into rock mostly. Yeah. But like Oasis, I used to listen a lot to Oasis, um, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. I always liked Pearl Jam. Green Day. I was a huge Green Day fan. I I remember they had this, they have this album called International Super Hits. And I had like a little disc man in school. And I called on the lunch break. I would always just be sitting on the hill. Like they had like a little hill, like all like nerdy with my discman <laughs> to Green Day. Um, I remember that. Oh, I cannot forget this band because that was like big part of me growing up too. Linkin Park. Yeah. I was fucking <laughs> obsessed with Linkin Park. And now so what's cool about Linkin Park? It's because I was around for like the whole time since the beginning. Right. I was probably like 11. And I remember I got the hybrid theory CD and I still have it. It's like legit from like, uh, I think 2001, I think. Wow. I don't remember right now the dates, but anyways. And then, I, and it's some very heavy shit. And that's, I feel like that's what actually start getting me. I, I was still like listening to Metallica, like Ozzy, like Ramon since young. I like some heavier stuff too. Uh, and that, that was like a phase that I was like, I would tell people in school that I was a punk. <laughs> Everyone but goes I was, really, I was like, I want to be punk, but I know I wasn't, but that's funny. So just because I was listening to Ramones, I thought I was a punk kid. That was very funny. Uh, but what else? Oh my God, I totally lost myself. Oh, Linkin Park, back to Linkin Park. So <laughs> I feel like Linkin Park, like they innovated music in so many ways. I feel like they opened a door to like, so many bands and but I love their stuff and I remember I used to listen to their CD in my room and my dad would be so mad and my mom would be screaming turn down this fucking noise classic classic yeah so I remember that as well but I feel like Linkin Park was a big part and like I always loved the classics in the 80s I think maybe because of my mom like I love a lot I like I said, I feel like the 90s, I found out on my own. Yeah. And then 80s, 70s, like Led Zeppelin, my dad loved Led Zeppelin. So I, uh, Queen, especially Queen, was oh. a big one from that. Yeah. So I find that out through my parents. So I always liked it. But then I feel like I found out about grungy. And like until now, if I have to pick one thing, I ha- I'm going to have to pick grunge because I feel like it's so me. Yeah. But I, I found that out on my own. Like I remember... First time, actually, I heard Black Hole Sun on radio. I was in my dad's office. And then I was like, holy shit, I love this song. And I asked my dad's secretary to write it down on a piece of paper what that song oh. was called. 
Wait, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's some of my memories that I have in my mind right now. So would you say you'd ha- you have like the same favorite bands now or has it evolved into anything um, else? I feel like my favorites that I mentioned, like, and of course I'm missing a lot of people, a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, they always gonna be my favorites, no matter uh, how much time goes by. Right. Like I said, like a lot of bands like that I'm discovering, and I want to because, like I said, we I'm like especially the podcast, we want this new wave of rock, you know. So totally. we've been discovering bands like this amazing Canadian band that I love. It's called Cleopatra. Yeah, and I saw them at the Echo. They're fucking awesome and now they're gonna be touring royal blood like That's royal blood insane. is another example that I, I love royal blood they are very very awesome never seen them live so i'm looking forward to see their show next year royal blood cleopatra's that i open for them it's gonna be awesome and i don't know like i said the kills is a good example as well i mean even like jack white i mean i, oh, I like yes. the stripes but i, I like I like the White Stripes a lot, though, since the beginning, because they were they are part of my MTV generation. Like, even like the old ones, I used to love that lives in the dirty ground. Yeah, uh, by the White Stripes. I remember when I saw that music video, I was obsessed. I was obsessed too. And then when I saw, um, what was that? Um, Seven Nation Army. I was classic. That was like mind blown at the time. <laughs> like seeing Seven Nation Army for the first time on MTV. That was like mind blown. I was like literally hypnotized too. I was like, this is awesome. And oh, I took another from the same time, um, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. I can, is also one of my favorite fucking bands. So I, I remember when No One Knows first came out on MTV too. And I was like, this, oh, this is sick. And then I saw that Dave Grohl is in drums because I love Foo Fighters too, obviously. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was the coolest thing. So every time I hear no one knows, I'm not gonna lie, I feel a little old because I do remember <laughs> the exact day that that video, they their debut on MTV, which is very funny. And what else? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think I talk a little bit about my main influences. Yeah. And I forgot some, but like, that's what I remember now. That's the beauty of these interviews. You, you know, you think about these questions and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you, you think about them like a couple of days later. I'm like, shit, I forgot to mention these people. Like, I know. Such I'm, sure, I'm sure after we, after we end the interview, I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I forgot to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there needs to be, that'd be funny if there's a series of like everything I forgot to say in the interview of just like a 15 minute part two series. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Oh, we should even do like a reel or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from what I've heard, your scope of music is pretty wide. So what would you say your favorite decade of music is? That's always hard. hard. Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> That's always hard for me to respond, but like definitely 90s. Yeah. Around. I feel like that's especially, I just feel like I identify myself with like my personality, my feelings, my emotions a lot at that time. Most and definitely. also 90s, we have to get grace. I know, um, for example, the Red Hot Peppers doesn't really fit on a grunge category, but like Guns N' Ro- Roses were really big in the 90s too, even though they came on the 80s. And I always like all that, but I, I will pick 90s if I have to pick one. And if it's not 90s, I will have to say 70s. 
Wow. I thought when, yeah. I was, when I was younger, I really loved the 80s. But that's that actually has changed. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I do like a lot of bands from the 80s, but I feel like 70s are really cool. Like, I mean, Rolling Stones are putting some dope shit in the 70s too, even though they've been around since the 60s. And um, Led Zeppelin is a big one for me. I love Led Zeppelin with all my heart. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah um, I feel like uh, classic rock is a big one for me too. So, huh, this is this might be, I'm super curious about this one. Because um, it seems like you had a really, you grew up in a great, great household filled with music and like right in the heart of, in the heat of everything with MTV and you know, all the, the new releases and stuff, like the fact that you can pinpoint when certain things came out at such a young age is pretty insane. But if you could be your current age in any decade, what would you choose? My, um, fuck, that's a tough one. Uh, I feel like my, my dream, would, if I was, I wanted to be like, I would want to be a teenager in the 90s. Yeah, I because no, I, I I feel I totally assume because I am right now, which is very funny. I'm such a grungy kid, like I'm always in the final. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Morning. So I, I I feel like I would have I would have had so much fun if I was like legit a grunge kid. I was still like listening to grunge, like I said, Four Non Blondes for me is so grunge, and that was like the first song that I catch my my you know my my eye or whatever. Uh, but like yeah, I feel like um, but I would love also to experience the 70s like oh yeah that's that's always tough for me to pick between the the 70s were so awesome in so many ways like even like not just music but like a lifestyle of fashion and like i would love to have lived the 70s or 90s if i can pick both is fine Yeah. yeah um so kind of okay backing 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 up to so you're you're in Brazil. You grew up, you know. You're one with music. You're carrying your CDs to school, showing them off at show and tell, <laughs> listening to them at lunchtime, watching MTV, like being like a seriously one of the coolest kids I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how did you? Why LA? How? How and why? I guess. Is, why? Why LA? Yeah. Why? What? What that's, is like? How did you actually, discover it and shit? That's actually a very simple question. Simple answer. I have a simple answer for that one too. That's easy to answer. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, like I said before, I knew it. I was gonna live in California. Um, if if I feel like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are probably a big influence in that with their album Californication, but like I said, that kind of brought me to attention. Like even like Beastie Boys, um, not Beastie Boys, I mean Beach Boys, the Beach Boys, or like um, the Eagles, or like even like back to Mama and some Papas, they were all singing about California and so many other bands. So I feel like that that album Californication brought my attention to that. And I was started being fascinated with California, and but I was so, so my parents they were very overprotective, mm-hmm. and they did not let me go to shows, and I was very very sad because that was my dream to go to a show, right? And but when I was like twelve, and I remember that that was October twelve. 
2002, when the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they had just released the album, by the way, and they were playing in Brazil. I was like crying because my parents wouldn't take me to just see them. And they, I was so annoying in the point that they got mad at me. Like my dad was like, I, you're not allowed to mention Red Hot Chili Peppers in this house anymore. Wow, wow. <laughs> but I was so sad because my my dad and my, my, my mom and my dad, they were like, you're 12 years old. We're not taking to a rock show. It's dangerous, you know, like yeah, the, the mosh beat and stuff. They were terrified to take me there. And obviously I wouldn't gonna be able to, to go by myself. And then someone, I think one of my cousins, they they taped the show for me. And I was just watching Aww. in my bed and so sad because I wanted to be there so bad. But yeah, and then I had this in my mind because you know, sometimes tours takes like years and years to go to South America. Of it's course. not that simple, especially even today. It's not that easy, like logistics and like budget. It's it's a it's a fucking hard to do like a tour in South America, and I know that for many reasons. And so I want to live in LA because I was my dream was to be able to go to any tour, any show I wanted to see. That was my dream. Wow, that's actually very intelligent. <laughs> you got you're, you're getting what you want, you know. Because yeah, if you think about it, um, music's pretty much here in New York. I'd say like yeah. I know like. Uh, but every single tour comes to LA. Everyone wants to play in LA. So that was my, my line of thought, my That's train so of thought, whatever. And it, it really emphasizes how much shows and music meant to you, you know, growing up and all that stuff that you'd want to move your entire life to, you know, the United States, to, okay. to LA. Yeah. Um, did you cool. visit LA before moving here or, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I did. Um, so my parents knew that was my dream to come to LA. So when I turned 17, it was my last year of high school. And I was thinking to myself, because my friends were always here in the States and um, they were always here. So I, it was like my dream to come to States too. Yeah. And even some of my friends were leaving here part-time and going back to Brazil eventually. And, I, and then one time I was like, well, I need to make this true somehow. So like I need a passport and I need a visa because if I don't know when I'm going, but if I want to go, I need those things 100%. So when I was 17, my last year of high school, I convinced my dad to get my passport. So he helped me get my passport. And then I was like, dad, I want to take my, I want to get my visa to, to, to the States. And then my dad wasn't opposite to it. So I got my visa. I got my tourist visa. And then I just thought it was good to have anyways. So when I was 18, when I turned 18, my dad threw me a party because he had never thrown a big party for me before. <laughs> Invited all my friends. It was in this pizza place, it was super cute. And invited all my best friends. And then before we sing happy birthday, he gave me a box. And then he goes like, I want you to read the card first before you open the box. It's like, okay, my dad is the best and he's so good writing cards. Like he always makes you cry. And yeah, my dad is the best. So I start reading the card and the card, the card was saying that 
I was going to see the Spice Girls in Los Angeles because they were on tour. And I was like, you know what? Like, I own that to my kid. No, to like the seven-year-old kid and me, I own that to her. That's why I wanted to see the Spice Girls because they pretty much got me into music, I feel like. No, of course. So I literally, I couldn't believe that was true. I was literally crying. So I opened the box. It was like a ticket to California. I was like, I was like crying. And I remember my best friend to this day, my friend Bruno, like, because he's been here many times before, even that. And then he started hugging me and then he looked at me. He was like, do you know where you're going? I just couldn't process that I was coming to California. I was like hysterical and I couldn't stop crying. It was, it was, it was a good, good time. I was very happy. So my cousin was living here at the time. She was living in Costa Mesa in OC. Yeah, yeah. So I stayed with her, I think, close to two months, I think. Something wow. Like that. Exactly. I was going to stay just for a couple of weeks, but then she saw how fascinated I was with everything. And I asked her, like, can I stay a little longer? And then she was like, totally, if your, if your dad's okay with that. So I changed my fly because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to stay longer. And, and I remember, like, I was just obsessed. And then my mom was very concerned about that because she had a feeling, because I was in college by the time I did the trip. It was um, December 2007 I think that was the first time I came to LA so my mom was concerned that I was gonna go back and didn't want to go back to Brazil and that that pretty much that's pretty much what happened so I was literally crying on the plane when I was going back because I love it so much I remember like my cousin she's not like crazy about music like I am like was she just driving me on a sunset trip which is so crazy that I live here now yeah he was like driving on a strip and I saw the rainbow. Like I didn't even go in. But immediately when I saw the rainbow and I was like, oh my God, that's the bar in the November Ray music video. I was like literally like crying, so excited. And so, yeah, I remember listening to Smashing Pumpkins 1979 on the plane going back to Brazil. And I was crying because I was so sad. I was not excited of going home at all. And then when I got... I was going to school for radio and TV and broadcasting because I wanted to work on MTV. I wanted to be a VJ. Yeah, yeah. Rest so, in peace. <laughs> by, yeah, but by the time I was in, in college, MTV was dying already. Like YouTube, since I, I used to hate YouTube, I still do. And I'm, like, I'm like old school. Like, of course, I use YouTube, like, but like, I don't like it. I feel like it's annoying yeah. to have to go there to see videos and stuff. But then... YouTube would kill MTV, like music videos weren't a thing anymore on TV. And then I was like, um, okay, so like I can be a VJ because that doesn't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> so my head was in California and then I start really hating my school, hating my town. I was like, I don't want to be here. And my parents were getting a divorce. And it, at that time it wasn't pretty. It was like very ugly. And you know, when you are, I was like 19, I think. And then you like have to pick a side it's terrible yeah i was like i gotta get out of here so i got like a like a shitty job i was working telemarketing but i was lucky that my dad and my mom were paying for everything you know like i didn't have any any expenses like our rent or or my rent or anything so i would save. i wasn't making much money because it was my first job but i was saving every single thing i had and that was the money that I used to play to pay for my exchange program to to move out here. Because when I told my dad I was going to quit college, because he was paying for it, it wasn't like it was expensive. I felt really bad, but I was just I was just not happy. That's not what I wanted. And then I told my parents officially that I wanted to quit college. 
And then my mom was like, I was afraid it was going to happen. I knew there was like a good idea to give you this trip before you finish college because she really wanted me to graduate. Right. So, sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and then I figured out how to get here. Um, um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. What I, year, I, how long after your trip did you move here? Uh, I'm... I'm I actually ended up going to Arizona. I ended up going to Arizona because right, I couldn't right. find I couldn't find a spot uh, in California or New York because I was open. I went to California, but I was like New York is dope as fuck. So if I go to New York first, that's totally fine. Because the first year, I was able to choose a second state for my second year on this exchange program that I did. Oh, cool! But I couldn't. I just I don't know why I, I couldn't find families because um, I was living with a host family in LA or New York, because of course every single girl wants to go to those places. Right. But I was just tired of waiting. And after waiting a year, um, this family from Arizona, which I still love them, we're still in touch and everything. They were great. I lived with them for a year. They just loved me. And then I was like, fine. Like Arizona is so close to California. That's what was in my hand. I just wanted to get out. I was like, I need to improve my English anyways and be able to like, you know, like I'm yet adapt to the culture, to the country. So that's fine. It's like, I'll, I'm going to go to Arizona and then I'll find a way how to move to LA. So that's what I, that was my plan. What year and did you come to 23? Arizona? Uh, I moved to Arizona. So I was here for the first time when I was 18. It was December, 2007. I moved to Arizona, I think September, 2009. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So a little bit after my birthday. I had just turned 20. And so, yeah, I moved to Arizona and I was there for a year and then I find my way to LA finally. That's crazy. <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so now we're in LA. Did you go in with like a game plan or did you have any intentions? Like how, what was your first year, few years in LA like? It was crazy, man, actually. It was insane uh first because the family that i was living with in la it was in mar vista oh wow that was the first place i lived in la mar vista and they were completely insane like i was like afraid of them they're oh. crazy like i would like sleep with my door locked oh they great yeah it was it was scary oh. and i was like very naive because like i said i grew up in a bubble i grew up with very good kids like we didn't do any drugs or drinking we were very good like i had the time of my life in high school but we are like legit good kids we had fun with like the most stupid thing like in music yeah and stuff. yeah yeah totally uh, yeah, so I was very naive. Uh, I was a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved to LA. So, and I don't know. I just feel like, and then I was living with this crazy family that would totally take advantage of me because um, I was an au pair. So I was like watching their kids and stuff. They were like, bullshit me. Like, oh, when you come to Disneyland with us, like, you're not working. You were having fun because you're part of the family now. Like, Oh. Bitch, no, I'm watching your kids. You gotta yeah, pay me. <laughs> they're pretty manipulative, it sounds like. They were. Like, they will, like, put me, like, on a table, like, once a week and, like, tell all my bad qualities. What Whoa. I didn't do isn't good enough. Whoa, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, they were crazy people. So I, I, I was so scared because when you ask to rematch with a new family, pretty much the agency, the exchange agency gives you two weeks to find a new family. 
And if you don't, you have to go back to your country. Oh my so God. So I, I was terrified to ask to leave. And, but that was one day and I was so scared. It freaked me out so much. I was like, I had it. Like I cannot tolerate this anymore. So I asked my agency to rematch me and they were actually on my side, luckily. And a bunch of girls asked to rematch from that family as well. So they wow. got banned. They got banned. They were banned for most of the au pair agencies, which is great. And my, my, at that time, my agent, she was great. And I was just like telling my friend, okay, now I have two weeks. So now what? So I was staying with a friend here in LA that she was also an au pair. Their family, her family, they were great and they adore me. It was cool. So I was saying, I think she was living in Westwood at the time. So I was staying in Westwood with this friend trying to find another family. And I, put in the universe i was like i'm gonna find i look i literally look at my friend i was like i'm gonna find a single mom one kid and i did wow in the fucking like the end of the same week the agency put me in touch with this um this mom um adrian that she had just had a baby and she was like so lost and she was a single mom and she lived in venice beach like right by the boardwalk so like my i lived in venice for two and a half years, I think. Wow. Yeah, and it was it was great. It was like so fun. Like I actually fully had the California experience. You know, Oops, like, that's like my bad. take a walk on the boardwalk every morning. You know, watch the sunset at the beach every day. So it was cool. Yeah, but um, one time I got. I love Venice, but it's not for me to leave there. I, ha- I like to have the option to go to Venice. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I was in the same position. Yeah, I'm definitely not a Venice Beach girl. And so I wanted to move to West Hollywood. That's what I wanted to do. And then, and you did exactly that? <laughs> and somehow, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stories about there. Like back then, I even like lived with this crazy girl. I'm not, I don't think it should be able to tell many details in here <laughs> but like one day i will tell you the whole story when we hang out yeah <laughs> long story short i came back from school because i i transferred my visa to students so i was going to school <coughs> sorry <coughs> and one day i came back to school this crazy girl that i was living with in hollywood she threw all my shit on hollywood Boulevard. what the and fuck I had no job, nowhere to go so yeah <laughs> i have the craziest stories you can imagine oh my god and i was like a week after my mom had just passed away oh my and god. yeah it was and i could and i couldn't go home when my mom passed because my visa i had a visa and but i got the visa here so if i left the u.s my visa was going to be canceled wow. and I was afraid they wouldn't give me another visa because I was here already for so long. So I ended up not being with my family when my mom passed. And, and then this crazy chick just did that. Oh and yeah, I, I have the craziest stories you can imagine. What a, what a disaster to say the absolute least. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, well, it sounds like you've had a fucking absolutely insane ride (laughs) so with that do you have any advice for people that just moved to LA or are hoping to move to LA let me see my advice is LA is not for everyone right (laughs) I said I have like I love LA and I feel like it's always going to be home I grew up as an adult here big part of my life and but I still have like 
sometimes I love and hate relationship with LA. That's why I'm even, I feel like I'm, I'm in do a vacation from LA, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just of like get out for a little bit and, you know, go somewhere else to recharge. Cause I feel like LA can be very intense as you know. And, but my advice is you can be afraid. I mean, if I would say save money, if you can. Right. Come with a plan. Most but definitely. I also like, I, I always knew no matter what, I wasn't going to give up, Aww. which I haven't yet. <laughs> I was like, no matter what happened, I had that in my heart. No matter what happened, I'll make it work. And it's been ups and downs, but I'm still making it work somehow. And, and I knew that I would, even like when my mom passed, like my friends knew about my situation here and they were like, Fernanda, we're going to send you a fly. And even my dad, like, he was like, he was helping me at the time, but like, I can't help you anymore. Like you already used all my credit card. You got to find a job or you're going to have to come back. So I had that in my mind, like no matter what happened, I was going to, which I worked hard. Like I work every single job. You can't imagine that's decent. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. I just make that very clear. Yeah. No judgments, but at least that was that's me. Yeah. Great. <laughs> like making like nine bucks an hour, take a million buses to go downtown because I literally I couldn't even afford food afford food at a time. And so I did that. I I did a bunch of like catering jobs and like I was a nanny for a while until I finally was like I was able to transfer and have like a work visa and be working and then I ended up falling into the styling world which is funny, but, um, yeah, but my uh, biggest advice it is you have to be very strong and you have to be careful because most of the people here suck. Yep. Yep. So you have to choose your friends really well. Don't trust people here. Like there's very few people that you can trust. It took me like years and years to find my people here and just don't give up if that's what you want it don't give up it's it's not easy and and if you have to work like in bars or which a lot of people do even people that are from the u.s they come like you know with dreams i mean it's is the is a town that's full of people with dreams but i feel like it, it's still not for everybody like you have a dream but like your dream has to be worth more than your sleep that's when you make shit happens. Right. And I think I think your entire story, which we literally haven't even, you know, fully dove into everything, but I think it's such a testament to resilience and like you really get what you give and how much you put into it is, you know, how, uh, what you can expect out of it. Um, and like you said, it's it's really all about how badly do you want to make this work and like what are you willing to sacrifice to uh you know keep the dream keep your dreams alive and you know it's all about priorities and um things like that so I think that's I think it's such a simple piece of advice that a lot of people look over sometimes until you're fully in it trying you know trying to make this work out deciding totally totally and of course you get scared like even like nowadays like it's not easy to be an adult and support yourself you know oh of course especially in this climate like fuck yeah for sure 
yeah, but I feel like everything was worth it. Even like during the hard times, I never regret of anything. I feel like it's always growing and I feel like my good memories and I'm, I'm very proud. Like at the end, I'm very proud that I create a life for myself here, you know, and I, and I love, I love what I created. Like I hate when people identify uh, success as like really it's related to money. Right. And that's, that's one day I told my family, they finally understood me. And now I told my dad, cause he never understood my freelancer career. Like my dad doesn't get what I do with you today. <laughs> Like, which have done some pretty big stuff so I don't know but I feel like I was never here for the money of course we want to be able to afford nice things we want to be able to travel and not struggle anymore but I was here for the experience that's what I wanted and this goal has already been accomplished so many times and I'm very proud of I created I yeah I like this is you have such an incredibly inspiring story and I think you have so 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 much to be proud of and to look forward to in the future um I had a a lot more questions but we're already running out of time so I guess we'll have to do a part two but, I mean if you want to add a couple questions up to you yeah I yeah I'm gonna I have some a few holiday-ish and like new year questions to round we, we, can, we can do that because I feel like we don't really have like unless you have to go which is totally fine but like no if you have no time, let's do it okay um, I mean, sorry I've been talking too much no it's just, no not at all 14 years in the states is a long time no it's it's so much and like I said we haven't even covered like Oh yeah, that was a very short version of my story. If anyone is curious about anything, feel free to DM me and like comment, ask questions in the comments. I'll be happy to answer. Yeah, and I, I definitely because I had a whole other section (laughs) about like the podcast, but maybe, maybe in twenty twenty two, I'll sit down with you and Vincent and like ask both of you about that. Because um, yeah, but okay. Since this is a holiday special, <laughs> let's ask, let's get into some holiday stuff. So, um, you know, all of the rock stars do some kind of Christmas shit at some point in their career. So do you have like a favorite rock and roll Christmas song or anything like that? Oh man, I was, to be honest, I think that's pretty cool that they do that. I know like Eddie Vedder does some Christmas songs too, which I love his voice. So I feel like if he's singing the ABC song, I was still bit into it. <laughs> 100%, yeah. But um, I'm not big in Christmas songs, to be honest. No. I that was just never my thing. I mean, of course it's fun. Like, I feel like honestly, if I'm like, putting my tree up or something, which I didn't do this year. Which <laughs> I, I, I was just, you know, it was such a weird year for me. And I was like, I was like, I'm just going to keep, I just want this year to be done. And I decided not to put my Christmas decoration up this year. But when I do, I mostly listen to Frank Sinatra, honestly. I, oh, I like, oh, yeah. like having a glass of wine and listen to Frank Sinatra Christmas songs. That's what I do. I think that's a great, great, you know, selection for music. I, nothing says the holidays like Frank Sinatra and a glass of wine by exactly. the Christmas tree. Um, so as a music lover, what is your favorite music-related gift you've ever received? Ooh, 
music related gift let me think it's another one of those questions that's gonna hit you like after (laughs) the interview (laughs) i mean honestly i'm just gonna go simple because i feel like one time that i feel like the time i feel like it's pretty special because i mean the time that i was a kid growing up into being a teenager the cds were a thing right oh when i would go to the music store and my dad was like because i asked them instead of clothes or toys i wanted to get cds and that's what the deal my deal with my parents so when my dad would take me to the music store and he would look at me because at that time cds were very expensive they were like 30 or 40 bucks wow yeah yeah and then my dad was like you can pick one and i was just so overwhelmed because i wanted so many of them so like my dad would hate me because I was it was like my favorite thing to go to the store and I had to like decide oh my god like I had to pick one favorite that's so hard and I was like the happiest like when I could take a CD home I feel like I would say those were special for me when my dad would take me to the store it's like you can pick one CD today that's so cute and and do you still have those CDs today like did you bring them to California I did. I finally was able to bring the last time I went to Brazil last year. Um, I was br- able to bring all the stuff I have left because I didn't have many because like between my mom passing and like I've been here for so many years and my my the very few stuff I left because I packed knowing I wasn't going to come back. Um, <laughs> the, very stuff, the very few stuff that I had left, it was with my mom. So when she passed, I wasn't Aww. there. So I I have no idea like what was saved or what was not. So, but then I had one box that I was able to finally, I had the courage. I, I went with my dad to my grandma's house and I opened the box and oh I brought God. everything here. Yeah. And, and I brought like a full suitcase of all my memories that were there. And then my CDs were already here. Cause I think my friend Bruno, my best friend from high school, he took it for me one of the times that he came see me. So I do have all my CDs here. Um, they are in my closet, in my room. They're very special because I knew how much I wanted those. That's so cool. And I think it's I think it's so interesting how, you know, with CDs, obviously it's an object that can take you uh, immediately back to where you picked it up and taking it home. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. but then this, all of the songs on there, like those are other, you know, other pieces of memories and connections to you know discovering this song and what it meant to you or where you were you were listening to that one and all that um but now on the other hand what is your favorite gift you've ever given and this could be music related or not my favorite gift i ever given oh man trying to think actually i love giving gifts I feel like I have more fun buying gifts to my friends that I love than buying stuff from myself. I yeah. just love see people's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, let me see. What was the best? That's a that's a hard one for me. I can't I cannot think of anything right now. It's okay. We can come back. So um, we can- I it's okay. No, it's fine. I mean, I I took my brother when he was here because he used to come here pretty much every year, every other year since he was twelve. It's been a while now, but um, I took him to so many shows and he was like so happy. Um, I think that's my favorite gift is music. Like if oh, I used to do that all the time. If I have money, 
oh my god i'm gonna be calling you really i got tickets you're going to the show i do that all the time when when my finances allow me to do it i love doing that just surprise my friends by concert tickets like, hey like just like when i got like temple the dog tickets i call this person it's like hey i have a ticket to temple the dog. um That's i insane. think that was my favorite gift because i feel like music i know as cheesy as it sounds is the greatest gift no it is and that's concerts are an experience it's a whole lot yeah like, exactly that's why i never care when i spend money when sometimes i'm crazy and spend money too much money the more than i should with concerts it's just like it's a memory like you know you're never gonna forget about it that's i'm i could not agree more i think memories are more valuable than any random object yeah I like i said i couldn't i mean of course i like clothes too but like i yeah. couldn't care less honestly especially working with clothes for so long yeah yeah that's yeah stay tuned for part two about fernanda's styling career like good fucking <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah we didn't cover any of that that's crazy but it's okay right. this podcast all music um, even though I, yeah, I have some pretty crazy stories, like having dinner with Beyonce and stuff. So we're going to wait for a part two. Yeah, wait, I haven't even heard that story. So <laughs> we're definitely having a part two, everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. So I know you're talking about when you can, you like to listen to Frank Sinatra and drink some wine and, you know, vibe with the tree. But do you have, is there any like holiday kind of traditions that you have, whether it be something as simple as like going to see a decorations or like whatever the fuck it may be mm, i mean my christmas are always different because i never know who i'm gonna spend christmas with which this year i'm very happy to all my best friends not i mean we are best friends now um i mean we're good friends because we life just sometimes you know brought it back like amazing people and they're so amazing i really hope we're gonna see each other a lot so two of my friends from high school and um, they live here now oh. and they have the most adorable kids so i'm very happy that i'm gonna spend christmas with them and just because they're from the same city i grew up we, like i went to the same school with my friend bruno that is the dad of the kids oh no and way they, that's so uh, cool. and they date since high school him and his wife Gabriella and so yeah I'm very excited to spend um Christmas with them and that's what's happening but like tradition I mean I always I always wanted that's the one thing I can share so I always want a tree that was taller than me <laughs> yeah that's my dreams and so when I had my first apartment here on my own it wasn't even this place yet my previous apartment one of the first things that I was very proud I went to Walmart and I got a big ass Christmas tree that was taller than me. I was Aww. very happy. And I still have it as my tree every year. So my my ritual is just like put a tree up and like, you know, like the decorations. And I really never really know what I do for Christmas. Every Christmas is different for me because, you know, when you don't have family here, it's different. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think you putting up that tree that's taller than you and that being one of your goals is just such a kind of like a token of all that you've accomplished and just yeah. kind of reflects on you know like gratitude for being no where totally you are and, and, and at the end it's like i said also as cheesy as it sounds the little things the little things as what's it's what it's got what counts for sure 100 percent could not agree more and it's such a personal thing too you know it's it's yeah. it's super it's super personal to you and in, in your story um but going into 2022 which is fucking insane 
Um, are there any aspirations or goals that you have your mind set on? In 2002? 2022. Oh, 2022. Next year. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking imagine 2002. <laughs> um... I feel like the world is still very weird because the pandemic and stuff. And I feel like the pandemic unfortunately shaped my life so many ways, like great ways. I don't regret anything as I never regret things, but like it shaped my life. It changed it upside down. There were like bad things. It was great things, but I feel like I learned that I need to take one day at a time. So in 2022, I feel like my main goal is definitely the podcast too, because it's my dream project. I always want to work on radio or that's my, it's really funny how life works. Cause I feel like once you want something like the universe always brings you when the times, right? Cause like I literally went to school for radio cause I wanted to be a VJ or be interviewing bands. And that's what I do now, yeah. which is my blowing sometimes I'm just home alone I think about that I was like wow that's exactly that's what I wanted to do like it's just crazy how life works so I love our community I love our friends and Vincent is amazing and the the fact that him and Team Nowhere gave me this opportunity it means the world and it means the world when you guys listen to us too and it's all with the heart for you guys and yeah I just want to focus on that on making more events and working like badass projects oh. we do you guys will shut the fuck up <laughs> fuck shut up that's amazing that's that's my, I'm talking to my dog let's edit that one out everybody sorry it's, it's fine. an ice it's machine uh, Vincent Vincent will edit <laughs> Vincent please take that out as my dog barking at the ice machine no for sure and I feel like even like I feel like honestly all my dreams are coming true now even like working with you has been a dream Aww. like I just fucking adore you and I'm so excited to see you grow in your career as a person and I feel like you're just one of the most beautiful persons I met in LA and you're making my dreams to come true too like you know like you guys will see what we've been cooking in the oven for you guys that we can't wait to share and (laughs) honestly I'm like work-wise even though I'm not rich (laughs) I got to do my two dream projects and the stuff that we're doing and um the podcast and it's all rock and roll related that's all i need like i'm happy i think that's that's just i don't know i'm just so i'm so happy i'm so fucking proud of you and i don't know i i'm so grateful obviously to have you in my life and to have met you and you and vincent and be able to interview you like what a fucking honor and pleasure oh, it's been. I'm, I'm literally crying right now. <laughs> it's it's not a, it's not a podcast if there's no if there's no waterworks so it's yeah. it's all genuine and it's from the art and i'm so fucking excited and down to do a part two with both of you and a part two on just like your other aspects of your career and further diving into your mm-hmm. um story of la because i feel like that's it's such valuable information to to people that are you know might want to be moving here or having trouble so um everyone stay tuned for that (laughs) but fernanda thank you so fucking much for uh allowing me to interview you it's seriously been such an honor and i've I've had a fucking great time and i cannot Um, wait to do it again thank you for accepting the the crazy this crazy holiday episode idea oh anytime thank you for fucking thinking of me like obviously i'm just 
over the moon and super excited and I think everyone's gonna love this and be able to learn and you know take a token of knowledge out of it which I no, think for sure. it, it, I feel like if you guys didn't know anything about me here's your chance to know a little bit about me there's so much more <laughs> yes and please submit questions for part two if there's anything we didn't cover or you want to know more about you know shoot a dm to any of us <laughs> or the podcast like you know you can yeah. find us somewhere but um thank you everyone for listening i was gonna say watching but this that is not what we're doing today <laughs> um but thank you guys so much for fucking listening to this insane holiday special and i hope you have a fucking incredible christmas and is this the last one of the year i don't think so um i mean if we get vincent vincent ones out this year that'll be his probably but i i feel like it's one of the last ones no matter what and and we prepare some very fun reels for you guys too that's coming yes. up this week yes we got some fucking killer reels they're pretty funny um but yeah 2022 everyone let's do this fucking thing it's gonna be fucking amazing <laughs> and stay tuned for the the rescheduled event i don't know is there a date for that yet or we don't have a day but it's going to be in january and now it's great actually because i feel like you and a lot of my friends that wanted to come there you guys are going to be able to come now yes exactly so i will see you guys at the event tbd yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but it's gonna be dope but uh any any final closing thoughts <laughs> no i just want to say thank you actually we always end the episode with a song right because, right yeah i forgot i have to pick a song yes i'm so excited to hear what you choose i yeah yeah so i have to pick a song so Fuck. i guess right after this here comes fernanda's song everyone enjoy
All right. Peace, everyone. Peace, Peace and love. Peace and love. Ringo Starr. Okay, bye. <laughs>